0: Hey everybody out there in podcast land, welcome to the 2022 Labor Day edition of the Fortress of Rock, taping here September the 2nd, Friday night, episode 55, I am the maestro, Kevin Crane, hope you have a great, safe, long weekend, enjoy football, which is back, high school, college, next week the professionals kick in. But for now, for this weekend, let's rock. Segment one, as always, News of the World. A tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, as it is each and every week. I wish most of the news was positive. Each and every week, I always hope for positivity, for new releases, for cool things coming down the pipe. Tours, great news when it comes to the artists and the bands that we love, that we've enjoyed for years and years and decades. Unfortunately, most of the news I've got this week is pretty negative, but bear with me. It's still very interesting stuff. It's worth discussing. We'll have a brief breakdown segment A brief I want to go back segment Let you get on with your Labor Day festivities as quickly as possible here. First up in news of the world, I would just like to say my new hero is New Jersey Representative Bill Pascrell Jr. Word just came out here within the last day or two that Mr. Pascrell is going after Ticketmaster and the ticketing market in general, thanks to this idiotic dynamic pricing scheme that we discussed here weeks ago when it pertained to the Bruce Springsteen tickets and his 2023 tour with the E Street Band. I've been railing about this for years. I thought Pearl Jam brought attention to this way, way back, a couple decades ago, and I thought maybe, maybe, possibly things were going to get fixed, and of course, I am naive, nothing got fixed, it only got worse, especially when Live Nation bought Ticketmaster and created an even bigger monopoly, than the one that already existed so maybe finally the government will get involved and i am not a government guy by any stretch i think we've got a wackadoo in the white house right now if you watched that ridiculous quote-unquote press conference last night we're in trouble. We're in trouble for the next couple years until we get rid of this guy. But maybe at least the idiots in Washington led by Mr. Pascrell, who might be one of the few guys or women in there who are not idiots, might actually be realizing that some of these smaller issues that affect people's everyday pocketbooks, their credit card balances, their chance at having enjoyment and entertainment in their lives. Maybe these are issues we should be addressing instead of our little selfish needs, protecting our spouses, Nancy Pelosi, from criminal charges. And focusing on our own little pet projects that have nothing to do with our constituency, maybe we try to finally do something like this, which might on the surface not sound like much. But when you consider how many hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people a year, go to concerts across the United States, it is about time somebody stepped up and had the cojones to confront Ticketmaster and take them down because they need to be taken down. You guys know the stories. I know the stories. People who have went out and bought $30 concert tickets and had $20 fees tacked on. So a $30 ticket becomes a $50 ticket in the blink of an eye. It's garbage. Am I saying they shouldn't get some kind of fee for what they do? No. But you're telling me these outrageous fees, which can go anywhere from 15 to 25% of the ticket cost are reasonable? They're not. It's greed beyond belief. And I'm disgusted with Bruce Springsteen, little Steven Van Zandt for coming out and saying they are all behind Ticketmaster when it comes to this pleading ignorance, whatever it might be. Good for Bill Pasquale Jr. And ironically, did you note at the beginning I mentioned where he's from? He is from Bruce Springsteen's home area, New Jersey. How ironic is that? Good for him. Go after him. Maybe I'll move to New Jersey just so I can vote for this guy. We need somebody in our corner. Ticketmaster should not be allowed to charge these exorbitant fees, use this dynamic pricing model. There will be more coming on this, I promise you. The things I've read about Mr. Pascrell and what he's trying to find out from Ticketmaster, it sounds like this guy, his people behind the scenes, we all know they've got people working, younger people looking things up, checking for precedent, checking for legal documentation. They have done their homework. And I think they're on the right track to trying to pinpoint the corruption behind Ticketmaster. Speaking of corruption in government, The last surviving member of the Monkees, Mickey Dolenz, has filed a lawsuit against the FBI. He wants access to all the records they have involving himself, the Monkees, or any of his deceased bandmates. And we all know, back in the 50s and the 60s, how crazy things were McCarthyism the Red Scare the government went overboard trying to fight communism trying to fight dissension huh sounds familiar doesn't it I'm glad Mickey Dolans now in the last stages of his life has decided just like Bill Pascrell, to fight back in this case fighting the government directly fighting the fbi the freedom of information act is his weapon and he wants all the information that our government has on him and his fellow bandmates in the monkeys unfortunately bad news if you're a ufo fan UFO is one of those bands that I I got into later on in life, mostly thanks to the great Eddie Trunk, and I've always mentioned that Eddie Trunk is the inspiration for the Fortress of Rock, among others, of course, you can go back to Casey Kasem, Wolfman Jack, But UFO's leader, Phil Mogg, 74 years old, suffered a heart attack here recently, putting the final month or two of their farewell dates overseas in Europe in doubt. Now, he survived the heart attack, thank God, but he has been told by his doctor it's been recommended that he does not finish up these farewell dates. That's how serious this heart attack was where he basically needs to dial it down. It sounds like take the, the weeks, the months, the years he has left after this. Enjoy his life, lower the stress level, which means no more concerts from what i can tell from the comments coming out of the ufo camp from mog he obviously doesn't want to go out this way we saw we saw this earlier this year with white snake now white snake little bit different situation health issue again not as serious as this but these bands don't want to go out disappointing their fans having to cancel dates and then calling it quits unless you're kiss of course kiss is just going to keep extending their farewell tour until there's four coffins on the stage sorry bad joke dark humor i apologize but of course, we wish our best to Phil Mogg of UFO. You got to do what's best for yourself. And if this is it for UFO, you've just got to deal with it. You've got to accept it, whether it's the fan base, whether it's the band, Phil Mogg himself. Take what precious time you have left Try to extend it. Try to enjoy it. Don't worry about a handful of farewell dates. Unfortunately, more bad news. The black cloud here over the first part of the Fortress of Rock will not go away. One of my favorite bands from the 80s, of course, is R.A.T. Now we know guitarist Robin Crosby died years and years and years ago, so there's never been a hope of getting the original five back together again. But we've always kind of hoped the four surviving members, Warren D. Martini, Bobby Blotzer, Juan Crochet, and of course lead singer Stephen Piercy could somehow reconcile figure out a way to give us maybe one big last rat reunion tour. Unfortunately, Stephen Piercy came out recently and said that is, quote, unquote, not going to happen. Now, if there is a silver lining here, it is that Stephen Piercy recently signed with Golden Robot, And that label will be putting out Legacy. Now, it sounds to me like Stephen Piercy has control over all of the archival rat material. So Legacy will feature solo material, stuff from Arcade. If you remember Arcade, Stephen Piercy, that was an offshoot band that he jumped into. When Rat initially broke up, but it will also feature Rat material, including, as Piercy puts it, the last song he wrote with with Robin Crosby, the late Robin Crosby, and the last song he ever wrote with Rat's guitarist Warren D. Martini. And I think I went on a rant last week about this. Give us archival material if you're not going to give us new stuff. If you can't patch things up, if you can't get the band back together, then at least dig into the archives. Let us hear the stuff that didn't make the albums, the B-sides, the studio outtakes, and it looks like Stephen Piercy is at least going to try to give all of us rat fans that. Again, legacy. Look for it. Golden Robot is the label. And then finally, you guys remember the Osborns on MTV? I've always talked about how I have mixed feelings about MTV, how it was so important in my musical upbringing in the early, mid, late 80s, back when they actually played music videos 24 7. They were the nation's music station. You had your local stuff, but MTV was the one channel that you could turn on and anybody across the nation was watching the same music video at the same time. And then of course it fell into complete and total garbage with reality TV and Teen Mom and Jersey Shore and utter and complete garbage. It's disgusting now. It's an absolute waste of time. But outside of Beavis and Butthead, maybe the last great thing that MTV had on their channel was the Osbournes, the reality show featuring Ozzy Osbourne, Sharon Osbourne, and their kids. It wasn't always great, but it was interesting. And of course, it was a precursor to a lot of the stuff we see now, Big Brother. comes to mind people realize eventually you didn't have to have people conf- confined to a house you didn't have to just follow them around the house you could send them out and about so we get the kardashians and we get as the aforementioned jersey shore and then of course competitions ensued with big brother or uh the amazing race and survivor and you know where i'm going with this one of the many facets of our current societal rot, reality television. So you can blame the Osborns for their part in it. But they're coming back to reality television. Of course, Ozzy Osbourne wants to leave the U.S., He has been complaining about the tax situation in California for a long time. That seems to be the main reason why the Osbournes are picking up stakes and moving back to merry old England. Of course, he's also said recently gun violence in the U.S. made his decision easier. Let's put it that way. So there will be a BBC reality show, and I'm sure somebody in America will pick this up at some point. Home to Roost. Kind of a very HGTV pedestrian title for the show. I've got to imagine they might change it. It really doesn't give you any kind of impression or inclination that the Osborne clan are involved, but this will document Ozzy and Sharon packing up in the US and moving back to England. I believe I've read this will also feature Sharon's birthday and the birth of their grandchild. Will I watch it? Probably not, as I as you've probably gleaned from the last couple minutes, I am not a fan of reality TV in the least. Very very few shows in that genre have appealed to me. Most of them rock and roll. So yes, I did watch the Osbournes, but beyond that, I have not become a fan. Of reality TV. I don't like it. Again, I think it's brain rot. I'm sure some of you feel differently. I'm sure some of you love Love Island. Garbage like that. Dating shows like The Bachelor. American Idol. Competition shows. America's Got Talent. I can't stand any of it. I hate all of it. I literally hate all of it so I probably will not watch home to roost and again I think they they've got to change the name the name currently as this was announced here within the last couple of days the name does not give you any indication of what's going on involving the Osborns some marketing genius has got to step in here and come up with a better name a more edgy more catchy name than Home to Roost. Sounds like they're going to be building a chicken barn. Not the Osborns moving from America to the UK. So there you go, kids. There's segment one for you here, Friday night, September the 2nd, 2022. Very interesting topics here to lead off the podcast. Unfortunately, as I said, most of them kind of negative, but I can only tell you the news that I'm dealt. Stay tuned for segment two, of course, break down our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Four new songs. Don't have an album review this week or a concert, but uh, four Songs to review. Going to be a quickie this week. Just like you, I want to get on with my Labor Day weekend and enjoy it. But I will still cover everything I possibly can here going into Labor Day weekend. Send you off in proper rock and roll fashion. Hang out for a quick promo and I will be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, of course. That was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes. Breakdown, where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket PocketCast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Segment two, The Fortress of Rock, Friday night, September the 2nd, 2022, episode 55. Hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Take care of you and the ones you love. Don't drink and drive. I know a lot of people have cookouts, family reunions planned. Be safe. You owe that to the people that care about you. Four songs to review here in Breakdown, segment two. Just didn't have an album that jumped out at me this week. Now, next week, once we get to wrap it up, I'll tell you what's coming up. We should be fine for the next few weeks when it comes to album reviews, except this week, just didn't have anything. Just didn't, again, have anything that really stood out. So. Four songs. Let's start off with The Scorpions, a UK bonus track that they released here finally from Rock Believer, their last album, a song called Hammersmith. And as much as I want to turn the vibe around from the mostly negative News of the World segment you just heard, these four songs really aren't going to do the trick i'm sorry (laughs) um starting with hammersmith and i'm going to have this complaint about a couple of the bands that we feature here this week in the breakdown segment but the scorpions have become generic and formulaic i was not a massive fan of the last album rock believer and there's a reason why Hammersmith obviously didn't make the final cut, at least for the U.S. version of the album. Hammersmith is a very generic, ho-hum song. I sometimes wonder about these bands. I sometimes wonder if they realize they've run out of gas and they They don't listen to the critics, the fans. We've talked about the Scorpions. We've talked about the fact that they were supposedly calling it quits years and years ago. One of these bands that goes on a farewell tour and then says, oh, no, we're not done. We've got a new album and we're going to go on tour again. The Who has done it. Now the Scorpions. Many other bands have done this as well Motley Crue comes to mind we mentioned Kiss earlier on the never-ending farewell tour but Hammersmith as a song is just very mediocre dull offers nothing new it sounds like the scorpions trying to do a scorpion song without any kind of a different hook catchy hook any kind of a chorus that really grabs you so unfortunately Hammersmith cannot be recommended and again probably the reason why it didn't show up on the US version of Rock Believer so let's move on to the Red Hot Chili Peppers because You're going to get a similar review for the first single from their upcoming second album of 2022. Now, if you listen to The Fortress in the past, you know that I was not a fan of the first album they put out in 2022, Unlimited Love. Did not do it for me. Was not a big fan. I think I've listened to it. A couple times didn't really grab me. There was some good stuff on it. but For the most part, it just seemed mediocre and generic. So now we get Return of the Dream Canteen coming out October the 14th. And the first single is Tip of My Tongue. And just like the Scorpions... The red hot chili peppers are in a rut it is a yes i'll use the word generic again a generic boring rut it's the same formula over and over and over again the flea baseline andy Kiedis, anthony Kiedis starts rapping sounds like all he's trying to do is he's like a fourth grader trying to impress a girl just trying to show how many words he can string together how many lines he can put together that rhyme that really don't make a lot of sense? And it's the same transitions up tempo, down tempo. It's tip of my tongue is fine for what it is. It's better than Hammersmith, let's put it that way. It better be if it's the lead off single from a, a new album as opposed to a unreleased bonus track but you see the similarities with the scorpions and the red hot chili peppers where they just are grinding their wheels they're not coming up with anything new and different of course both acts still popular on tour selling out stadiums and in, in the case of the red hot chili peppers Arenas in the case of the scorpions. But you've just got to wonder at what point. Do the scorpions call it quits and do the red hot chili peppers. Somebody kicks them in the butt, the collective butt and tells them you guys need to find a new creative direction. Because right now you just sound like a shadow of who you were 20, 25 years ago. So as I said, Tip of My Tongue is better than Hammersmith, but still no great shakes. Then we move on to Megadeth. Yes, the new album just came out today. September the 2nd, The Sick, The Dying and The Dead. The third single off of that album is Soldier On. And maybe I've been deluding myself. My best friend likes harder rock than me. I'll be more than happy to admit it. I love hard rock, but he loves hard rock. Capital H, capital A, capital R, capital D. He likes a lot of the newer bands. Five Finger Death Punch, Breaking Benjamin, Corn, all that type of stuff. Not my cup of tea, Megadeth a little bit more old school from that Metallica era. Of course, Dave Mustaine has his connections to Metallica. But whereas Metallica is a band that I can still listen to, still enjoy, despite some of their flaws, the music they still put out when they put something out, which is rare, But when they put something new out, it's usually at least interesting, engaging, it's still, it doesn't embarrass the band, it doesn't detract or degrade from their legacy. And again, maybe I've been fooling myself thinking I like Megadeth more than I did. Maybe it's just a couple songs. I love Peace Cells. Love Peace Cells. I think it's a fantastic song. But again, maybe I've let my appreciation for, dare I say, Megadeth's greatest hits cloud my judgment when it comes to their overall body of work. And now that we're three singles in on the sick, the dying and the dead, I really haven't been impressed with any of the three songs that have been released so far. Soldier On might actually be the best of the three. But that doesn't mean it's a great song. It's okay. And I'm going to fall back on some of the things I've said about the Scorpions and the Red Hot Chili Peppers almost sounds like color by numbers megadeth check boxes it's megadeth song so we've got to have this the the mustaine growl the speed metal guitars check 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 but again nothing new nothing creative nothing different so again cannot rem- cannot recommend soldier on i just can't So finally, we get to the new song from Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones, this will be his second album coming out here eventually. First album was Child of the State. Now, I admire what Aaron Jones is trying to do. It's very interesting to try to bring together different musical worlds. Of course, many other artists in the past rock or otherwise have tried to do this. Now, when it comes to Aaron Jones, the easiest comparison for me would be Living Colour. One of my favorite bands of all time. Living Colour brought together hard hard rock, borderline metal with an urban sense of a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of R&B but most of all, the desperation of the inner city. And you know it works with Living Color if it it can bring people of different races, different creeds, different colors together because the music is so damn good. And the lyrics are so damn good. And I know that's kind of what Aaron Jones is trying to do. I've had friends go see him in concert. They were blown away, said he's phenomenal. Child of the State to me was hit and miss. Some of the stuff on it was phenomenal. Some of it was very ordinary. So his new song is called Filthy. And Filthy kind of is more of the same. Even though it's early on in his career, he's already seeming to take a if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. Filthy sounds like pretty much something you would have heard on the first album. Again, a melding of hard rock with that urban sensibility that you would find in some rap and hip-hop. And I am by no means saying that's a bad thing. Again, if it can be done right, you get Living Color. One of the most underrated bands of all time, a band I think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know that's not going to happen. But that's how important I think the legacy of a band like Living Color is. And I think you hear that again in Aaron Jones, among other bands. So Filthy is basically an ode to a sexy woman. I can't really I can't really distill it, you know, drill down make it any more simple than that. And then of course it's also got to do with the reputation of the singer in the song. Nothing earth-shattering, nothing that's going to change the world. Stop global hunger or homelessness or the energy crisis. But out of the four songs that I have reviewed here on The Fortress this week, is probably my favorite, and that is by no means, unfortunately, a ringing endorsement, but... If I had to pick one of the four, I would go with Aaron Jones and Filthy as my favorite song of the week among these four very shaky, iffy candidates. So like I said, next week we'll get back into reviewing albums as well as songs, and then in two weeks we'll get back into a concert review for you as well. And we'll have news about all of that coming up at the end in segment four. So that will do it for Breakdown. Segment three coming up. Of course, I want to go back where we look back at rock and roll history. Another quick promo, and I will rejoin you kids. Stay tuned. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music, In our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned, and as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher. CastBox, Google, PocketCast, and Radio Public anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fortress of Rock, segment three, our tribute to Eddie Money. I want to go back or look back at classic moments in rock and roll history album releases, birthdays, anything and everything that helped to contribute to the great history of rock and roll. Now, as always, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. We've also got a Facebook page. Make sure you check that out for our Weekend Rock Project, and New Music Sunday, as well as links to this podcast. Don't have a ton here this week for our look back at rock and roll and rock and roll history. Uh, The few things I do have, of course, I have to give credit to my sources, ultimateclassicrock.com. Van Halen News Desk and ThisDayInMusic.com. First up, birthdays. September the second, 1957. Steve Picaro, keyboardist for Toto, 65 years old today. Of course, we talked about the passing of his brother Jeff about a month ago. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on Toto, but as I mentioned back then, I think Toto, especially because of the fantastic album Toto 4, very underrated in the rock and roll world. Now, when I say that, I mean through the fans and the critics. I think they are well-respected. Of course, they were all session musicians, so I think they were all well-respected and are still to this day within the music community but of course we know that's not the same thing as trolls in their mother's basement which could be twitter fans or it could be music critics you take it take your pick take your choice 1951 september the 2nd 71 years old mick kaminsky violinist for the great ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra, another band that we've talked about here in the past on the Fortress, and they were one of the bands that helped to form my music tastes and my opinions. One of the first bands that I truly loved back in the mid to late 70s. Of course, finally got to see them live recently right before COVID hit one of the best shows I've ever seen, despite the age of Jeff Lynn and the band. And we've talked about the fact that they were brilliant when it came to incorporating violins, strings, cellos, whatever it might be into the mix when it came to their music. One of the most creative bands, in my opinion, in rock and roll history, ELO. Happy birthday to Mick Kaminsky. And then finally, September the 2nd, going back to 1946. Unfortunately, he is not with us anymore. Many consider him one of the unofficial Beatles. Kind of like Pete Best. Billy Preston was born on this day back in 1946 of course he shows up in that ridiculously long peter jackson beatles documentary that was on disney plus last thanksgiving get back i know beatles fans don't want to hear any kind of criticism of that unbelievably ungodly long documentary which now Peter Jackson says he's got even more footage that he wants to put out there. What do you what do you got Peter? You got him going to the bathroom. We got to watch him eat dinner. It's sometimes it's too much. Sometimes editing is a good thing. Sometimes shorting the story up to make it move a little faster to keep your audience interested outside of crazy Diehard Beatles fans, that might be a good thing. Again, sorry, not trying to take away from Billy Preston. Of course, he does show up in Get Back. Singer and keyboardist known outside of his interactions with the Beatles for the 1973 number one hit in the U.S., Will It Go Round in Circles, very cool song. And again, I've always said music, just like our society nowadays, is so divided. You could have a great r song like that back in 73, and we all loved it. Black, white, didn't matter. Creed, color, sexual orientation, didn't matter. It was just good music. And of course, now it's so split up so chopped up everything's got to find its box everything's got to find its place everything's got to be so extreme that all ended in the early 90s in my opinion late 80s early 90s it all ended and everything started to fracture in the music world and we all started to go down our separate paths and go our separate ways And we couldn't even find an accessible point to get into music that we didn't consider, quote, unquote, ours, our genre, our style. And there's going to be music snobs out there. They're going to tell you, oh, we could. We could figure out great music in any format, in any genre. They're liars. They're liars. Again, it became so fractured. It became so hard to enjoy music. If you were a grunge person, hip-hop, rap, I'm sorry, didn't appeal to you. If you were rap and hip-hop, you didn't like grunge. But again, going back, in my opinion, to a better time, you go back to 1973, Billy Preston, Didn't matter. Didn't matter who you were, where you lived, what neighborhood you came from. It was a great song, and we all loved it. And I miss those days, not just in music, but in life and society in general. Now, finally, to wrap up, I want to go back. Yeah, I promised you it was going to be a shorter episode this week the one anniversary that I have for you when it comes to rock history. We're going to go back. We're not going to stick with today's date, September the 2nd. We're going to go back a couple days. We're going to go back to August the 31st and then go back in a rock and roll DeLorean to 1987, where R.A.M. released Document, one of their greatest albums, arguably their most important album some would say the album that pushed them into legendary status in the rock world of course it featured the big hit the one i love which yes once again catapulted them into mainstream success now of course for people like me who were on the R.E.M. bandwagon already. The song on document that we will always cherish, always love. Used to know every single lyric. Could sing it from beginning to end at parties. Get your friends together couple adult beverages in the backyard for a barbecue. It's the end of the world, as we know it, and I feel fine. You know, you're already starting to figure out if you can sing the entire song, because I am. Michael Stipe's rambling, pop culture, inflected lyrics, reminiscent of Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire, almost a companion song to It's the End of the World. But now that R.E.M. has called it quits, going on over a decade now, I still think this song, stands out as their greatest achievement of course a lot of people are going to go with losing my religion depending on your personal taste i love pretty persuasion off of reckoning south central rain off the same album but if you if you force me to pick my favorite rem song it'd be tough It would be really tough to not go with it's the end of the world as we know it and I feel fine. I highly recommend you get on Spotify or whatever your music service of choice is. And listen to document again. Document is a great, brilliant album. Starting off with finest work song. one of rem's finest if not their best overall album all right kids that's going to do it for i want to go back one last promo and we will discuss what's coming up here in september and maybe beyond on the fortress of rock Hang out for just a few more minutes. Hope you're enjoying the start of your Labor Day weekend. I will be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs, what albums, what concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, kids, that's going to do it for the Fortress of Rock here. Labor Day weekend, Friday, September the 2nd, 2022, episode 55. I am the maestro Kevin Crane, of course, as always, glad to have you aboard each and every weekend as we discuss rock and roll. The greatest leisurely activity of all time. Better than movies, better than TV, better than streaming, (laughs) better than spending time with your loved ones. Oop, did I say that out loud? Come on, you know what I'm saying. You put on your favorite album. Your favorite CD, your favorite cassette tape, if you're still doing that. Those feelings, those emotions that that particular recording can stir up in you better than anything. Better than any alcoholic drink, better than any drug. Best feeling in the world. Coming up over the next month here on The Fortress next week as I mentioned we're going back to an album review just took a week off next week we'll have three sides of one the new album from Kings X looking forward to that in two weeks we will review Ozzy Osbourne's brand new album patient number nine of course we talked about Ozzy earlier and how he's moving back to England. I got to say at least he's handling the whole I'm leaving the US situation better than a lot of these petulant, immature celebrities. At least when Ozzy talks about it, I can I can get behind his reasoning of why he's leaving. Still debating, still trying to figure out whether or not I want to review the new Megadeth album, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Now, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, when we get to this point at the end and I start to discuss future possible reviews, that's what they are, possible If it's something that I feel is going to waste my time, I'm not going to do it. And right now, I'm on the fence with Megadeth. I don't know if it's something I really want to listen to based on the first three songs I've heard that have come out here over the past couple months. So that'll be on the back burner. But definitely, as I mentioned, King's X next week, Ozzy Osbourne in two weeks. And then, we will have a concert review for you. That will be coming up the week after. Everclear and Stone Temple Pilots in South Bend, Indiana. So we're going to get back into the swing of things when it comes to concerts. Then we'll have a couple in October for you, Queensryche and Judas Priest. And a band that probably most of you out there don't know. But one of my personal favorites has been for a long, long time, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers coming up in October from Indianapolis. We'll talk more about him later on. Of course, if you know the refreshments, the great classic song Banditos, that's Roger Klein. couple of songs coming for you next week, along with King's X. New single from Ugly Kid Joe. Long Road, we'll review that for you next week. And new song from The Struts, Fallen With Me. That's their new release. We will review that for you as well next week here on the Fortress of Rock. Of course, we've got a lot of great albums coming up in late September into October. Sammy Hagar and The Circle. Crazy Times. We'll have a review of that for you the first Friday in October. Later on that month, we'll have Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings for you as well. Cannot wait for that one. Looking forward to that. Both those albums, actually. Much anticipated here on the Fortress, Sammy Hagar and Alter Bridge. Hopefully we'll have some releases coming out announced before Christmas. Usually we start to get a little bit of a flood of of new stuff coming out through October, early November to catch the holiday season rush for new music. We've talked about the Smithereens Lost Album. We'll get a hold of that for you here coming up towards the end of September into October. We've got The Cult coming up soon, their new album. So lots of good stuff coming up over the next few months as we head into the fall and the holiday season. Yes, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this weekend is always Labor Day weekend. By most accounts, is the signifier of the end of summer. Gone too soon, as always. But I figure weather-wise, we still got another month, month and a half of decent stuff before the uh, the chill comes in. The leaves start to fall, and then we got to worry about the snow. At least those of us in the Midwest in the North. But the weather doesn't matter. The Fortress will always be here for you each and every Friday night. Let you know what to listen to what to avoid. Hopefully give you some trivia maybe to surprise your friends with this Labor Day weekend at your picnic, your family reunion, some Nuggets of discussion when it comes to music. Again, have a great, safe, fun Labor Day weekend. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. The Fortress is out for another week. We'll talk to you next Friday, September the 9th.